It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Here we go. Afternoon. Welcome to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun, and I'll be here inspiring you on this Friday afternoon. Thank you for tuning in ESPN 920. We have an unbelievable show today, an intelligent interview, three major tours in play. Oh, man, it's going to be a good one. Wade, it's my time to shine. Good night stress, see you in the morning. I don't got to guess, you're always there for me. So when there's seeds of doubt, I think you like seeing me freak out. You know, as our cancer culture continues, more on that in a moment. But for now, I'm fired up to get today's pro show started. Sounds like you are too, Wade. So let's go. Come on. It's Friday. Weekend's almost here. I just want to shine. off and running on this week's pro show and uh, it's good to be with you there brother wade how are you the world's still here so i'm happy the world is definitely still here and you know i had a very interesting start to my week and uh, i posted this up on instagram and for those of you who don't follow me uh get on there at kj stewart dof and uh, i'm on instagram twitter and uh, i threw up some fun pictures because we took the kids and everybody and my, my wife Lori, we went in to see the 9-11 memorial on Martin Luther King Day. Wow, that's awesome. It was really, really, um, it, it was, an, it might be the best, I'm at a loss for words because that's, that's how moving it was. It, it might be the best memorial museum I've ever seen. Really? I mean, it was so well done. And having grown up in this area, having been up in the towers many times in my life to the observation deck, um, you know, just being part of my whole life growing up, it, it was really just it kind of kind of a, a really inspirational moment to go in and to go through the museum and to see everything. And, you know, one of the things that really caught my eye to start with is that when you walk in, you know, there's a big um, donation board of the founders and the people that really got the museum off the ground. And the tie in here and the reason I bring it up is that, you know, it's kind of cool that like people like Howard Milstein from 8AM Golf or Seth Waugh were on that board or Bob Iger from Disney. I mean, you really get this feeling that the world kind of came together because of this terrible moment in time. And that got me thinking about the way that our world is going today, you know, because friction in a way brings about progress, you know. Sure. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And and there's one thing for sure, you know, this week with the inauguration and all that's been going on and that saga for over a year. And then with covid, you know, there's a lot of friction going on in the world. And, you know, we've developed this, I guess, statement or phrase or whatever, this cancel culture. And there's been some cancel culture in golf this week. So Justin Thomas was dropped as a sponsor or his sponsor, Ralph Lauren, dropped him. Right. For his words during the Century Tournament of Champions, um, they were caught on a hot mic. And I started to think about that a little bit. And then there was also a story this week where Annika Sorenstam, Annika Sorenstam, of all people who accepted the Medal of Freedom from Trump right. in one of his last acts, he and or she and Gary Player accepted the medal from him. And she got a lot of criticism for that. And I'm like, man, 
she has done more. Yeah, that's, for, that was ridiculous. You know, she has done more for women's sports than I think anybody. And she's now, you know, the president of the International Golf Foundation. And, you know, she it's just to me this whole cancel culture thing and you know sometimes you get caught up and you just hear about these things and you don't really know what the definition of that is right so you know as i look at you and you're kind of looking at me like when i when all of this starts to really hit the golf vertical right in in our industry here and i start to think about it i'm like what is what really does cancel culture mean and and you know since we talk about the pop culture of of golf and sports and everything here on the pro show, you know, I thought we'd have a little educational moment because I had this inspirational moment on Monday and, and there's all tie in here, but cancel culture is, you know, the canceling of people and brands and shows, movies, et cetera, due to what some consider to be offensive or problematic or remarks or ideologies, right? So going back and then looking at something that was offensive that maybe happened years ago or happens in present tense, like in the case of JT, and then saying, you know what, we're going to we're going to cancel him out because of what he did. You know, right. and, I, and I think that much of what we learned from 9-11 is that that brought the country together. Right. And it, it was an opportunity and that friction brought progress. Well, I think we could do the same thing with stuff like like these moments in time with with the Annika situation or with the JT situation. You know, rather than Ralph Lauren just going out and saying we don't want to sponsor JT anymore. Why couldn't. Ralph and JT have a moment yeah. on video getting together. Bring it to the forefront. Bring it to the forefront, right? Exactly. And and have this, you know, um, kind of pivot moment where they come together and then they, they make a statement together and then they move forward. I mean, there's no doubt that JT feels bad about what he said. And and he said it. His apology was very sincere. But in the in the word, you know, in he didn't the, shake it off. You know, he did not shake it off. And I, I felt owned, like it was sincere. It. He owned it. And, you know, the, the golf world kind of went into a tizzy and a, and a little bit of a spiral on this. And, you know, I, I think that things evolve. And this was a moment that we could have evolved, much like we evolved out of 9-11. And, you know, I was thinking about that as I was going through the memorial. And I thought that it was all very moving on how things, you know, were portrayed and how that day and how that moment was portrayed. Because, you know, almost 3,000 people passed away and. And it's similar to what we're going through with COVID. You know, all of these wonderful people are struggling and, and passing away. And we still have this cancel culture, you know, and I, I just think we should try to get past that and, and try to move forward, whether it's your political views or it's, you know, I, I mean, I don't normally come out and say something like this, but I think that, you know, people listen. And I, I think that if I truly am going to be the director of fun and have a viewpoint, I think it's important that. We take these moments of friction and we learn from them and we be progressive. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I I look at masks. Let's take masks, for example. Right. And sure. if, we, if we go with the true definition of cancer culture, then it, it comes down to. So, Wade, you didn't wear a mask before covid every day. Correct. Right. So am I to judge you for not wearing a mask before covid? But. You know, now you wear one because of covid. Right. I mean, we learn as we go. So you're comparing the covid culture to the for lack of a better term the woke culture where we know what's acceptable and what's not now in a way i I mean in a way that's i see what you're if that's what you're saying i totally agree in a way and 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 i hope that golf and sport and they you know we're becoming more and more aware of the world and you know it's i i just think it's an interesting pivot moment and i would love to see annika celebrate it and I would love to see JT and Ralph get together and do something positive 
out of a negative moment. And I would love there to be progress out of friction. And, you know, you know, I, I think back. Here's another example of this in golf and what good has come of it eventually. You remember back to the early 2000s when Martha Burke was protesting about uh, Augusta and the Masters not ha- or Augusta National Golf Club not having female members. Right. And as a result of that, you know, further down the road, yes, Augusta started to accept female members. But now look at what they have. And, you know, Augusta has been in the news because, you know, they're going to have limited patrons coming to the Masters for the 85th Masters in April. And there's this moment now where they brought about the Augusta National Women's Amateur, which which has done a tremendous thing for women's golf. I mean, it's, it's just been a tremendous story. And I think that that in and of itself um, shows a lot of progress and maybe it didn't happen fast enough for some people, but at the same time, I mean, there's a lot of moving parts that come with these institutions and, you know, I was happy to see something like that, that to me is pretty innovative or the way that they accepted junior golfers with the drive chip and putt contest and that contest will be back for the 85th masters. You know, they did announce this week that they're not going to do the par three contest, which is a bummer, but, but that's a family event. And it's on, if you've ever been to Augusta national, then, you know, that the par three course is on a very, very small, intimate piece of the property, and it's very tight. And that's one of the things that makes it very unique for that par three contest. And, and I get it. And when Fred Ridley came out and said, we just can't put the safety and logistics of all that together. And, you know, that's a moment where wives and children and parents are caddying for the players. And and it's really one of those feel good moments. And if you can't have any fans there or you can't put all of that together in a point where we all feel safe because, you know, Augusta's in 77 days. So. I mean, we're get, we're get, yeah, we're getting close, getting yeah. So, um, you know, I I talked to a friend of mine who played there maybe a month ago, and they still test every person that comes to play there. Oh, sure, I'm right? they do every single person. Last thing they need is to, to have to have a super spreader event. Well, yeah, and you know, there's people going through there all the time from all over the country, and you know, so they're being very smart about the whole thing and very thoughtful. But you know, I. I think about all of this and to bring it together before we start to talk about the tour and everything else that we're going to talk about today. And, you know, part of this, too, that's got me so pumped up about today and to talk a little bit about culture is that, you know, COVID has taught us to pay attention to a lot of different things. And one of those things are ourselves and our families and our health. And I'm so excited to bring Will Ahmed on today because, you know, what he's doing with Whoop and what they've managed to build as a culture and a community through, you know, proactive measuring of data about your body and your physiology is just the coolest thing. And we're going to have a lot of fun with him in a minute. But, you know, one of the guys on tour loves to have a lot of fun is Kevin Na. He walks the putts in. Um, I, I just think that, you know, his 61, 65 this weekend, it was really cool. And you start to think about where does Kevin Na kind of fit in the equation of 2021 golf, right? I mean, he's playing a major role. He's won five, four tournaments in his last 55 events. So, I mean, that in and of itself is quite a feat. I mean, he's doing a lot more than some of the bigger names like Jordan Spieth or Ricky Fowler. I mean, this guy is getting it done. He's now 23rd in the official world golf ranking. But one of the things I think is cool is that he has a bit of a personality out there and it looks like he's kind of heading towards being a part of the Ryder Cup team, the way that he's playing. And imagine him, you know, walking in a putt and how would the Europeans take that? He's in a match against Rory and, you know, uh, Tommy Fleetwood and, you know, he hits a putt and he starts walking it in from three feet out and points at it like he usually does. I mean, I think those things are great for golf. You know, everyone knows that you love when the players have a little bit of a personality and stuff. And then I think about somebody like Kevin Nahn. It's just an amazing story. You go back to 2012 at the Players Championship where over the weekend, the, the guy couldn't even pull the trigger to hit the ball. 
You know, you could tell on TV, even even the the most periphery golf fan could realize that something was going on with this guy in his brain and he couldn't figure it out. And he was having the just the most insane struggle just trying to play golf. And, you know, to come back from that and then over the last couple of years to win multiple times, have five wins in his career. Um, you know, he was three shots back with six six holes to go. Makes four birdies. It's just a great story. And one other great story that came out of Hawaii, um, really two. Um, Joaquin Neiman, young professional um, from South America. Guy shot in two weeks in Hawaii, Wade. He shot 45 under par in two tournaments, right? <laughs> Not a bad. Not <laughs> came, bad at all. He came in second twice. Lost in a playoff in the first one to Harris English. And then in the second, I mean, I got to find it here. Where are the, okay, here we go. Ready? Listen to this guy's eight rounds. 69, 67, 67, 64, 62, 69, 63, 66. Doesn't matter what island that guy's on. I mean, I'm taking him (laughs) in DraftKings because shoots 25 under in the century. And then in the Sony, he shoots 20 under. I mean, just a, just an incredible little trip for him and uh, definitely somebody we're going to keep our eye on in this season. You know, it, it, we're going to touch upon a little bit of this later. We do a little little tour talk um, after our interview. But um, he's definitely one of those guys that is up and coming. And uh, and I love his style. And I, I first saw him down at the Orange Bowl in Florida um, when I was with one of my students, Will Dixon. He was down there playing. And that's a junior event with all the best players in the world. Best kids, 18 and under. Sergio's played at Tiger, everyone. And uh, Joaquin won it one year, and, and Will was in the top 10, and I saw him play. I said, this Joaquin kid is going to be for real. I mean, you could just tell by the way he hit it. You were like, this kid is, he's unbelievable. And uh, so last week, real quick, one other, a couple other tour notes here. We, you know, we talked about Mexico moving. They found a spot. They're going to move over to Florida. So nice. the Mexico WGC event is going to head over to Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida. And that's February 25th to the 28th, which is the week after the Genesis. And what's cool about that is that, you know, the Genesis is Tiger Woods Invitational event. And it, it's certainly one of those things that is kind of one of the... Um, real true majors, if you want to call it, sub-majors of the West Coast Tour. And although Tiger's not going to be there, yes, folks, Tiger had another back surgery. We hate to ha- we hate to spread that <laughs> news, but he's definitely um, feeling it a little bit. You know, who knows? If, if anything, I think Charlie's back should be hurting after he carried him through the PNC father-son. But nice. um, at the end of the day, uh, Tiger's going to take a little break. He's not going to play at Torrey and the Farmers, and he's not going to play at Riviera, but he still will be there to host and we have some more stories, too, coming out of the Genesis that relates to last week's interview with Ken Bentley and the APGA Tour. But for right now, um, I got to just run to a break because uh, Wade's giving me the high sign that uh, Will's on the phone and we want to get back in time and spend a couple moments with the man from Whoop. Folks, it's 3.16 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with one of the inspirational innovators behind Whoop, CEO Will Ahmed. Now, was the NFL quick to react to this? No, of course not. Max Kellerman. As usual, it doesn't lead on any of these issues. You've heard him on first take, and now you get even more Max. What did Goodell do? As usual, he sees which way the wind is blowing. They're the biggest entertainment entity really in the country. The status quo, the way things normally are, is good for the NFL. The Max Kellerman Show. Now things are changing. Weekdays at 2 on New Jersey's 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth.
Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the pro show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Been reading books of old, the legends and the myths, Achilles and his gold, Achilles and his gifts, Spider-Man's control, and Batman with his fist. We have Will Ahmed with us today. He's the CEO of Whoop. It's a transformative life device, the perfect proactive measurement taker for athletes and all of us in our everyday lives. This team has created something special, and we have all asked, why can I learn more about my body? Well, we all needed something just like this. Turn it up, Wade. Let's get energized for Will. I'm loving this. Go for it. Hit the course. It's Friday afternoon here on the Pro Show, and we have Will Ahmed, the CEO of Whoop, on the phone. Whoop, our hutchies. Oh, Will, how are you doing today? Good, thank you, Keith. Thanks for having me on. What was your recovery this morning? <clears throat> you know, it was eighty-one uh, percent, so I'm uh, I'm very cleanly in the green. I'm feeling good. All right, man. It's good to be in the green. That's for sure. You know, and, you know, for those of us that, you know, they're just my listeners that are just joining us and aren't really familiar with Whoop, you know, as as Whoop becomes more and more and I'm aware I'm a member, part of the community, um, I find more and more that it's becoming part of my vernacular, you know, and, you know, it kind of brings me to this first question for you, which is. This is kind of a new part of our culture and our society. Were people this into their body and 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 just pinging you up and and just all over whoop prior to COVID, or is this kind of like everything came together in a perfect storm of sorts? And now you know whoop and wearables are really having us pay more attention. Well, we were on a, a pretty fast uh, clip from a growth standpoint in you know 2018 and 19. So prior to COVID. I think what COVID did is it helped society at large appreciate something that Whoop has always believed, and it's that feelings are overrated. Feelings are overrated. There's this idea that you can feel what's happening to your body, but your feelings, in fact, are often wrong. And there are physiological indicators, really like secrets that your body's trying to tell you that you can't feel. And so Whoop has, has for a long time focused on measuring these physiological indicators to be able to tell people what's going on in their, in their bodies and their lives. And for me, that was starting originally within sports because I was a college athlete who overtrained. I overtrained in large part because I couldn't feel the status of my body. And I would just tell myself I can keep going. Right. Uh, you know, today during a global pandemic, we have a virus that you can be completely asymptomatic, but be a carrier of, and you can give it to someone else, and unfortunately, it can make them incredibly sick. And so I think society at large is waking up to this feeling that 
that maybe there's things happening inside their bodies that they can't feel. And, you know, it's a general moment where I think people are caring a lot more about their health. So for health monitoring, uh, it's never been a more important time. You know, as a PGA professional, one of the things that kind of transformed the game of golf about a decade ago was this idea of TrackMan. And then all of a sudden we could start to feel and measure our golf swing in 3D and what the ball was doing, right? So there were these indicators that we suddenly learned about it. And I think that your indicators really tell a story. You know, I, I love how you guys almost kind of laugh at the, you know, at the idea of like counting steps, you know, and, and, you, and you put it really well there, you know, you know, we need to measure things that our body can't feel. Right. So things like our HRV or our respiratory rate or your recovery. Right. All of these whoop values tell us about ourselves. Right. When you started this quest to learn about our physiology, do you think you'd get this far this fast? You know, I think so much of being an entrepreneur is believing that you're going to get you're going to go far and fast because it rarely goes better than you think it will. Often it goes worse. So I, I did feel like we were onto something from really the earliest days of, of Whoop. Um, I founded the company in 2012 uh, out of the Harvard Innovation Lab. Uh, I was a, a college student. Uh, I was at Harvard and I was studying physiology. And I, I just, you know, I came across these statistics like heart rate variability, which you mentioned. Uh, that's like this fascinating lens into the autonomic nervous system. And it can tell you how repaired your body is, how recovered your body is. Hell, going back to the 80s, it was being used by Olympic powerlifters to determine how much weight they should have put on their bodies. It was being used by the CIA for lie detection tests. It was being used by uh, cardiologists to determine if someone might have a heart attack. So heart rate variability has been studied in medical literature for decades. The problem was always being able to measure it. You know, it was a statistic that could historically only be measured by an electrocardiogram. So the EKG machine, which is like, you know, that big expensive equipment in a hospital that you see in a movie, you know, the beep, beep, that, that, that screen, that's the EKG. And, and so I just felt that, wow, this is really powerful uh, technology. If we could put this in a form factor that could measure it all the time, how much could it tell you about the body? And so that was sort of one lane within a number of lanes around whoop. We could talk about sleep being another lane where I just felt, wow, if you could get this technology into a very small form factor, uh, and then you could, you could provide this 24 seven coaching to someone, you could dramatically improve their lives and, and actually change behavior, which, which fortunately is, is what whoop has proven to be able to do today. Well, a little bit of insight into me. I am obsessed with HRV, right? You know, it's one of those things where because it takes multiple healthy factors in order to get that number to increase. And it's it's the one I I won't say it's just the one, but it's probably right now uh, my primary focus when it comes to wearing my whoop and checking it every day. And, And I feel like if over the course of a week I can get my HRV to go up, then I feel like I've had a really good week. And I think at the end of the day, you know, you guys created this thing so that we could all feel better, right? I mean, isn't that kind of the goal? Yeah, we say our mission at Whoop is to unlock human performance. And what that really comes down to is how can we help you positively change behavior and improve health? And I think that's, you know, I think that's the hardest thing to do in this space. 
you know, getting people to actually change their behavior and getting them to be able to improve their health. It's, it's so important, but we've been able to prove that if you're on whoop for a year, you've got a lower resting heart rate, you've got a higher heart rate variability, you're getting uh, more sleep and it's higher quality sleep. So it's, uh, it's pretty clear that, that, that fortunately the product's working. Well, I, I tell you, and the presentation of it for me really works because as a golfer and a PGA professional, score really matters to me. So a lot of my internal motivation depends upon score. You know, how much am I going to practice so I could shoot a low score in a tournament? And I think maybe that's with athletes why it resonates so much. But, you know, the idea that every day there's a recovery number and, and how well can I influence my factors to make that number the best it can be. And, you know, one of the things that really was a pivot moment for me, and, and I know it was too for Whoop, was when the whole Nick Watney story coming out of the RBC and respiratory rates. Now, we talked about HRV, but respiratory rates and COVID has become this really interesting conversation. And it's definitely something that I want you to touch upon, because now you all have put out a paper, which is, you know, a uh, taking a stance on saying that, hey, guess what? If we measure respiratory rates and they start to get a little bit out of kilter, you should probably go get tested. So, for, you know, for the listeners, could you talk a little bit about that Nick Watney moment and what you all have learned through COVID? Yeah, so we started in March doing research on COVID-19. And we were the first consumer app to even have COVID-19 tracking in the Whoop app. Within, uh, you know, three weeks, we had uh, about 2,000 people report that they had gotten COVID-19. So we were able to form a, a pretty meaningful data set on what does WHOOP data look like before, during, and after COVID-19, right? We really wanted to understand this virus from a physiological standpoint. And we partnered with Cleveland Clinic and CQU, who are two leading research institutions, and, uh, and we worked on, on developing research. And we didn't know what we were going to find, frankly, but uh, we found something uh, that's really been a smoking gun. And it's this idea of an elevated respiratory rate. So respiratory rate is your breaths per minute. And WHOOP measures respiratory rate while you're sleeping. And a typical respiratory rate might be anything from 10 to 20 breaths. Now, the thing about respiratory rate is it's a very boring statistic. Every night, for the most part, people have the same exact respiratory rate. Now, that's good in the sense that it really never changes. So if it does change, something's happening. And we found that people who got COVID-19 often, about 80% of the time, had a really elevated respiratory rate. And in, in many cases, this is before they felt symptoms. And so we were able to publish research on this. And this research has now been peer-reviewed uh, by third parties. So it's, uh, it's published in medical literature, and I would encourage people to check it out. But it shows how respiratory rate can be used as a predictor of COVID-19. And we're not talking about subtle changes in respiratory rate. We're talking about a, a, an increase of 20 to 30% of your respiratory rate. It just jumps off the page. And, uh, and Nick Watney, who had been wearing Whoop for about 10 months as of this past summer, he was playing in, I believe it was the first PGA Tour event um, from when they came back. They have the bubble. They've got testing protocols. He tests negative on a Tuesday, plays in the tournament on Thursday, wakes up on Friday, and he's got a 1% recovery on Whoop. And his respiratory rate had jumped 
from being 14 breaths per minute to 18 breaths per minute. So for 10 months, it's 14, 14, 14. And then boom, he wakes up one day and it's 18. It just jumped off the page. And he had read the research that we put out to all of our members. And so he went to the doctors. He said, I'd like to get tested again. They said, no, you're actually cleared to play, you know, and, and he really twisted their arm for good for Nick. And he got tested again. And sure enough, he tested positive for COVID-19 and he was able to quarantine and, uh, and not, you know, not spread uh, the virus to anyone else, fortunately. And the PGA tour learned of this specific uh, incident with Nick and they procured over a thousand whoop straps for every member of the PGA tour, uh, not just the golfers, but the caddies, the media members, the staff, really everyone inside, inside the bubble. And, you know, since then, Whoop has become the official wearable of the PGA Tour. And, folks, that's why that was a pivot moment for me. I mean, you just listen to that story and the impact that one device had on the entire success of the PGA Tour kind of going forward. And not only that, but, you know, just on the Whoop community in general. I mean, it's just been amazing. And, folks, you know what also is amazing? We're talking to Will Ahmed today, and he's one of the co-founders of Whoop. And he's telling us about how we can unlock our potential. Now, that's one of the reasons why it caught my eye. Can you give my listeners uh, another reason why you think Whoop is such a fascinating device and so so valuable to unlocking everyday performance? Well, we spend about a third of our lives sleeping. And, uh, you know, for the majority of the population, that's kind of a black box. And what's fascinating is there's very subtle things you can do to change and really dramatically improve your sleep. If you ask someone, hey, how much sleep did you get last night? And they don't measure their sleep. They'll probably do something like this. They'll be like, well, I went to bed at 11 p.m. I woke up at 6 a.m. I got seven hours of sleep last night. Not bad. Well, in reality, as you know, Keith, that just means they spent seven hours in bed. It doesn't mean they got seven hours of sleep. Over the course of that seven hours, they spent time awake, in light sleep, in REM sleep, and in slow wave sleep. Now, light and awake practically no benefit to your body. Slow wave and REM sleep, enormous, enormous benefits to your body. Slow wave sleep is when your body's producing 95% of its human growth hormone. So this idea that you get stronger in the gym is really wrong. You're breaking your muscles down in the gym. Slow wave sleep is when you're repairing your muscles, right? So if you want to get stronger, you know, you definitely need slow wave sleep. REM sleep is arguably more important for everyone because that's when your brain repairs. So that's cognitive, cognitive repair. And that's when you're dreaming. So if you're someone who can't really ever remember their dreams or you, know, you don't think you're having dreams, that might be a sign you're not getting enough REM sleep. Now, there are very subtle things that you can do to increase the amount of slow wave and REM sleep you're getting. Because let's just pretend for a second you spend seven hours in bed and 30 minutes of that seven hours is REM and slow wave versus five and a half hours of that seven hours is REM and slow wave. The, the quality of the person's life who's getting five, over five hours of REM and slow wave sleep versus someone who's getting 30 minutes is so dramatically different, it's really hard to understate. I mean, it, it, it's everything from happiness to disease prevention to uh, athletic performance, mental performance, it's unbelievable the, the difference that can make in someone's life. And notice, I didn't say, oh, spend more time in bed. I said, how can you use the time that you're spending in bed more effectively? 
And so that is probably the single biggest unlock for everyone listening to this is you can only manage what you measure, start measuring your sleep, and you're going to you're going to all of a sudden feel much better in life. Well, you know, I've been using my whoop for a bunch of months now, and I can tell you my sleep, the, the sleep tracking is and I'm glad you touched upon this and I'm glad you so much that you had the time to come on today and to tell people these stories. Because it truly is, as, as I said in the opening, a transformative life device. I now make decisions that help me increase the quality of my sleep. And that has that has totally transformed my daily life to make it much more powerful. Um, you know, the conversations I have, the, my ability to work out, all of the things I do, my family time, being a father, being a husband, everything is improved. And I can't overstate that enough because it's. It, it's it's the most simplest thing. I mean, folks, this is like post-its. It's just like right there. And we're just so lucky to have you with us today to talk about this. And, um, you know, as that call's coming in, um, I do need to take a break, too, for the next call. That's I do need to take a break, too. So um, hold on for one second, uh, folks. We have up next more with Will Ahmed, the visionary behind Whoop. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment. John Johnson. Any quarterback that played underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time to go to work, Brett. And Zubin Mahente. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday morning starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life. But then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I, I didn't quite process that. How is this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall, we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission, and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures saving children learn more at stjude.org you got a great voice for radio time to get back on course thanks for radio i I get a lot of that too as the pro show continues once again keith stewart this is keith stewart your host of the pro show welcome back to our conversation with will ahmed you know you're listening to new jersey's espn 920 What's impossible will they forget? This world keeps spinning and with each new day I can feel a change in everything You know, Wade, people ask me all the time, what's the pro show like? Well, our upside-down take on the pop culture of sports is a lot like Whoop. We're proactive about telling stories about the lifestyle of sports and golf. And before we get to our back nine conversation with Will, Wade, let's create some weekend vibe here. Little Jack Johnson. 
Turn it upside down. Turn the whole thing upside down. I'll find the things they say just can't be found. I'll share this love I find with everyone. We'll sing and dance to Mother Nature. We are back with the man, the myth, the legend behind Whoop. Will, you having fun today here on the Pro Show? I'm having a very special time, Keith. Awesome. Well, so, you know, one of the things we love to do is we love to pair music with our guests. And, you know, I came across this song months ago and the lyric really hit me. And, you know, Jack saying, who's to say what's impossible? Well, they forgot the world keeps spinning. And with each new day, I can feel a change in everything. Right. And I, and I thought of you um, instantly and what we were going to do to try to pair that up, because, you know, a little bit about whoop to me, that's most fascinating is that when I listen to you do your podcast and you kind of open up about um, the things you believe and the person that you are and, you know, the human being you've become, I, I think it's really interesting because I remember an interview you did with David Stern. And I, and I feel like that's someone that you look up to. And then you yeah. did, I remember another interview you did with Erica Nardini. And that's like someone who's a peer of yours that you're looking around with. And then the most recent one you did with Steve-O of Jackass fame, right? It's that someone that looks up to you, you know? So, you know, for my listeners and their benefit, you know, I'd love to learn more about how you've grown through this process since 2012 as one of the founders of Whoop? Yeah, it's a great question. I think that probably the most important thing I've learned as an entrepreneur, and I would recommend anyone focuses on, is this this idea of really comparing yourself to yourself. I think in 2012, when I first founded Whoop, I was, you know, 22 years old, Um, A lot of my identity as a young man was tied up in the identity of the company. And, and, uh, and I also found myself comparing myself to, you know, like the most successful entrepreneurs ever, right? I've got a team of four people and I'm having trouble hiring my fifth person. Gosh, I can't believe this. I'm, I'm not doing a good job. And I bet Steve Jobs never had trouble with this, you know, and it's just like such an unproductive um, it's such an unproductive attitude and disposition. And so I think the biggest thing that I learned over time was really to focus on um, how I was improving and how I was growing and almost to think of that independent from the success of the business. They were two separate things, truly, and, and always will be. And, and so <clears throat> it's focusing on, on how you as an individual are improving as a leader, as a manager, as a um, a fundraiser as a product uh, leader, you know, it's, it's really looking at all of those things and, and examining them and thinking about ways that, that you can improve. And then my sense is if you do that for, you know, five years, 10 years, uh, decades, you wake up one day and realize you've come quite far. And, and so that's, that's probably my biggest lesson as an entrepreneur. It's pretty cool how you put that because it's almost like, it, it, it's pretty much how whoop works, right? If, if we focus on the data and we work on the different factors, right? Then our indicators over time become better and better. And, you know, we keep everything in a very positive frame of mind. And, you know, I bet over time you've developed even more insight 
to what you've created. And and I'm, I'm curious because, you know, like some of the early adopters were LeBron James or Michael Phelps. I mean, we're talking about two world class, amazing all time athletes. You must have this just unbelievable um, rapport with these people and then the information you're getting back. What are you constantly learning? What, what's been one of the most fascinating things you've learned from these amazing, amazing athletes just maybe in the last year or so? Yeah, I think the most profound thing I've realized from not even just the best athletes, but we're talking like some of the best athletes of all time, right? When you talk about names like that, but the most fascinating thing I've, I've realized is that they are, are not satisfied with their status of, of being, you know, so exceptionally good and that they are constantly in search of another edge. You know, you think about the fact you mentioned LeBron and Phelps, they were two of our first hundred users. You know, imagine, imagine, uh, uh, that, you know, you've got these athletes and this would have been 2014, 15, you know, at that time, I think both of those ads would have been at the peak of their powers considered probably two of the best of all time in their respective sports. And yet they were willing to try, you know, a, a very new technology because they were intrigued that it could potentially measure recovery and sleep more accurately than anything that had come before it, you know? So that's, that's probably the kind of the most exciting thing I think that I've learned from those truly outlier greats is just how, you know, there's a genuine curiosity. There's a genuine, uh, there's a genuine obsession to just see how great they can possibly be. And it's not a surprise, you know, that's what it takes to, to be kind of a once in a generation athlete. I think it's pretty cool how your voice lights up there when you start to talk about the influence of your community. Right. And folks, if, if you're wondering who that voice is, we have Will Ahmed with us and he's on the Forbes 30 under 30 list for what he's put together here with Whoop. And, you know, Whoop is for everyone. And, and here's why I'm a big fan of it, because it, it becomes pretty obvious listening to you how it relates to Michael Phelps or LeBron James. But, you know, one of the things I think is, is the coolest thing about it is how it has improved my everyday life. And I am very far from Michael Phelps. Right. And, you know, I, I think that for my listeners, you know, can you explain the power of whoop for just an everyday individual? You know, you touched on sleep, you touched on watching your respiratory rate. But just when you put the whole package together, couldn't our everyday lives be better? Absolutely. You know, and, and in many ways, whoop it, it has a much easier time improving an everyday person versus Michael Phelps or, or LeBron James. I mean, those, those guys are trying to improve something by 0.1%. Whereas you start wearing whoop for the first time, you'll realize very quickly some slight changes you can make that can meaningfully improve your, your health. I mean, uh, you know, we talked about your, your sleep routine, figuring out what's the right temperature in your bedroom, figuring out when's the, the best time to go to bed and wake up figuring out, you know, when you should eat relative to when you go to bed, discovering, okay, just how bad is alcohol for me? It can have really dramatic effects on sleep and recovery. It's not to say don't ever drink. It's just to kind of know the consequences of that and start to understand when you want to push the gas on that or not. It's, it's recognizing that there are days to exercise and probably exercise harder than you initially thought. And then on the flip side, 
Whoop will be the first product, the first fitness product to tell you not to exercise. We'll tell you to rest on, on certain days. So it, it's creating a lot of balance in your life. I think that's one of the core themes of whoop is balance. You know, many, many people say, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to get back into shape and they crush their bodies for three days in a row. And then they're so sore, they can't exercise for 10 days. That's not particularly productive, right? There's, there are ways to introduce balance to your life uh, that can really make you feel incredible. And there's a whole nother theme to whoop, which you've probably discovered, Keith, and it's the, the Whoop Journal, which allows you to keep track of, you know, 50 or 60 different lifestyle decisions, behaviors, you know, everything from what, what your diet may be, what supplements you're taking, whether you've introduced something new like meditation or mindfulness or anything like that, um, you know, how much you travel, uh, you know, different recovery therapies, massages, cold baths. So there's just an avalanche of things in there that you can you can measure data against and you can find out, hey, what's the perfect recipe for me? You know, what are the things that are actually working to help me? And by the way, not surprisingly, they tend to be very personal. You know, that's my criticism of, I would say, pop culture health is it's very one size fits all. The diet you have to try now is blank. And it's sort of like mass market. That's what you got to do. In reality, you got to find what's right for you. And I think Whoop is very good at doing that. Well, while I have the man in charge with me, I, I want to add one journal question, right? There's a, there's, yeah. there's a bunch of them in there. But as a PGA professional and a promoter of the game, can you add in there, did you play golf today? Because I think that has a positive effect on people, right? But, you know, all yeah, kidding. Although you can, you can add golf as an activity, right? No, this is true. This is true. And it, it's interesting to me that my whoop picks up on when I'm playing golf if I forget to tell it that I'm going to go do it, which to me yeah, is cool, it, it? it's uh, it's the coolest. Right. And uh, you know what? You know what? It's also cool. Right. I mean, you're inspiring me today. You're inspiring my listeners. Right. But how do we how does your community how do we inspire you? Well, the amazing thing that I get I get have the benefit of hearing from from our community is just the amazing changes that that people have taken in their life. I mean, you know, I've gotten messages from people who have lost 60 pounds because of whoop who have, you know, discovered they had COVID-19 because of whoop and, and not gone to see their, their grandparents the next day and just how grateful they are for that. You know, uh, Navy seals, green berets saying how it's helped them recover from PTSD. Um, you know, like really, really big, important health outcomes. And, uh, someone managing bipolar I recently got a message about you know it's and so for me it's it's just um it's humbling and and I'm incredibly grateful to to have uh this this you know ever-growing large whoop community well it's been humbling for us to have you here today and there's there's one little tradition that we have here on the show that we love to do and, and make sure that our guests have fun and our listeners get to know you a little bit better and that's we do a little rapid fire Q and A. so before I let you go you up for this Let's go. All right. Favorite color whoop band? Uh, I like the black pronit with the gold clasp. Very specific. All right. What is your biggest strength? Biggest strength is product direction. Have you ever joined a gym the first week in January? No. 
Would you rather win a Grammy or an Oscar? You know, I feel like I'm I'm highly underqualified to win either of those, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Oscar. All right, so that begs the question: If you could be a, like an actor in any movie or a character in any movie, who would you be? I think I would want to be in like a James Bond type movie. If I if I could really pick my pick my shot, that that would be it. I see that. I totally see that. I mean, you have a very, a very good, you know, clean, sharp vibe like that. You know, like a James Bond. I like that. It's a great pick. All right. What was your New Year's resolution? I always loved watching. Uh, I always loved watching Sean Connery as James Bond. Ooh. I thought he was. I thought he was the man. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No. I mean, Sean Connery is really the only James Bond, in my opinion, and I'm right there with you. What was your New Year's resolution? You know, I'm not a big New Year's resolution guy. Uh, that's not to say that uh, I don't think they're they're useful. It's just um, I'm someone who, when he wants to change something, changes it immediately. I don't need to wait for the new year to come around. Great advice. And speaking of great advice, if you could give yourself a piece of advice back in 2012, what would you briefly say? Just keep going. I mean, it's hard. You're going to overcome a lot. But just keep going. Someone you met recently that really impressed you? You know, it's it's uh, it's a real benefit of the job. I get to meet fascinating people. Uh, I I host a podcast called the Whoop Podcast. I just interviewed Steve O, the stuntman, and I think you mentioned this podcast. But I found him really inspiring. You know, this is the guy who's, who he's had a very uh, tough life in some ways has overcome serious addictions to drugs and alcohol and other things. And, uh, and he's a big whoop guy and he was talking about, you know, how he's changed his life. And I I found him inspiring. That interview was amazing folks. Go check it out. It was, it was totally awesome for someone like me who grew up in, you know, in the world of Steve-O and, 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 and seeing him kind of evolve like that. It, it really was cool. And it, and it really comes down to um, everything that we've talked about today, which is optimal performance, right? So when you hear the words optimal performance, who is the first person that comes to mind? You know, probably because it's so uh, topical. The first person who came to mind was Tom Brady, just thinking about, you know, the fact that he's 43 years old and, uh, you know, one, one more, one game away from another Super Bowl, which to me is, uh, is exceptional. And I think for someone to be doing that at that age, he has figured out what is optimal for him. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And good luck to him this weekend. But you know what, when it comes to optimal performance for myself, I think of you, Will, right? I can't, I appreciate that. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on today, but more importantly, you have helped change my life, my wife's life. And, you know, I feel better for it. Um, it's just it's just really cool moment to spend the time with you today. I can't thank you enough and for being here on the pro show with me. Well, thank you, Keith, and thank you for being on Whoop. All right. Well, there you go, folks. The man, the myth, the legend, Will Ahmed. I mean, just so many great insights there. And you know what? It's about 3.50 p.m. here. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Come back to wrap up today's show with a little more tour talk and just pop culture and some more fun. It's feeling to go away. 
Bumake. Players who've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogumike and Mike Golick Jr. are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life. But then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I, I didn't quite process that. How's this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago, we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30%. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission and we're so grateful to have them on our team. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Get ready for the back nine. As the Pro Show continues, once again, the Director of Fun, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You know me as the Director of Fun. You're listening to ESPN 920. You know, if you want to hear this show again, we post it on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. I've been looking at the stars tonight And I think, oh, how I miss that bright sun And there's so many other ways that you can reach us. You can hit me up on social media. That's at KJ Stewart DOF on Instagram, Twitter. enjoy that tune on the radio when I hear it, Wade. So I must have mentioned that a couple weeks ago. You throw that on for me. I appreciate that. I don't forget and, anything. I don't forget anything. I know. I, I, I've noticed that. Remember noticed when I gave that. you that belt for your birthday because you, you pointed it out one day? You like mine? I know. Yeah. Well, you're a very thoughtful person, you know. And To come clean, I actually just gave you my belt. <laughs> well, it fit, you know. We're of a similar build. It's it's cool. And you know what else is cool? One more thing I want to mention as before we get back into this is that, you know, maybe a week or two from now that you're traveling or you're just not near a radio, you know, you can listen anywhere. You can stream the show 3 p.m. every Friday at 920 ESPN New Jersey dot com. You know, you just hit that listen now button. And it's really kind of cool here at 920. All the different ways with which you can digest the pro show. And it, it's you know what else is cool about the pro show? Remember last week we talked to Ken Bentley from the APGA. Sure. Right. And he announced on the show during the interview that uh, Kamalaya Johnson was playing in the Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines. Well, since that time, just this week, two more players off of that tour have earned sponsors exemptions into PGA Tour events. Willie Mack III 
He is exempt into the Genesis Invitational, which is at Riviera Tigers event, which is a huge deal there in L.A. Willie Max played in the Corn Ferry Latin American tour. We'll be rooting for him there. And then Kevin Hall was also given a sponsor's exemption into Pebble Beach. So now that fresh off that conversation from last week, three of the next four tour events, there are sponsors exemptions for players from the APGA. Really cool. It was so neat to have Ken here last week. Obviously, it's a very relevant conversation. He was fired up about it. We're fired up about it now. Three of the next four weeks. Check them out. Follow those names I just mentioned on their PGA Tour.com live scoring. Check those leaderboards. And speaking of the leaderboard, there's three big tours in play this week. First is PGA Tour in Palm Springs, the American Express. Phil Mickelson's your host. He's being a great, gracious host by shooting 74 and basically being letting everyone else or someone else win the tournament. Um, a couple of the big names there. Brooks is even. Uh, Tony Finau minus four. Your leader is Brendan Hagee. He shot 64 yesterday, eight under. They're in the middle of the second round today. Um, some of the guys right there chomping at his heels. Ben Hung An, uh, Siwoo Kim, Martin Laird, and um, everybody's favorite out there on Twitter and the PGA Tour, Mr. Max Homa rounding off at minus six. The ladies are down in Orlando at Tranquillo, which is a Four Seasons course there at Disney World. Uh, my good friend Scott Blanchard is the director of golf there. He's hosting the Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions. And Danielle Kang fired a little minus seven yesterday, so congrats to her. She's well on her way, and the Corda sisters are nipping at her heels. Uh, both of them fired a little minus six. And then there's a lot going on in the middle of the night over in Abu Dhabi with the European Tour. They've got all of their big guns out there. You've got Rory and Westwood and Fleetwood and and uh, JT. And, you know, JT's struggling a little bit at the H. SBC championship there on the European tour. He's in 48th place and uh, they just wrapped up round two today before the showtime and uh, Rory shot 64 in the first round. So it seems like uh, maybe 2021 might be a Rory year. We all know that come in 77 days when Magnolia Lane is calling and the 85th masters, we would love to see Rory turn it on for real. And, uh, one of the guys that we also want to see turn it on is that certainly all of the different players that we have that are playing TaylorMade and, you know, they had a little drop this week, our sponsors, you know, we had a little, we had a release date on Tuesday and I mentioned this quickly and before we get out of here, but we have to have a little sponsor talk, Wade. Sure. But TaylorMade released the Sim Max 2, the Sim 2 Metalwoods, the Sim 2 Max Irons, um, oversized version of that. Um, everyone's got them in their bag, so it seems like it's working out for Rory, a little 64 in the first round um tommy fleetwood's now with the TaylorMade team nice. you know and, and funny thing about that john rom switched over to callaway and he withdrew this week because he was sick uh, i think see what happens yeah he looked in his bag and he got sick it's exactly what happens and uh you know all kidding aside um we can't thank TaylorMade enough for sponsoring the pro show and uh, our partnership um just the best equipment and people having the best time i know my good friend the commish he just got a set of irons and uh even though it's january he's hitting a range um you know, you just you just you get these things in your hands, and you're just having the greatest time. And you know what else is the greatest time is being here with you, Wade Weezer. So I can't thank you enough for what you do on the board and for what you do for our listeners, because you know I love my listeners. Now, before I go, I'm going to leave you all with a brief thought about accepting change, as we've all had to do that this year. You know, every challenging situation needs a positive storyteller. So you be the first to accept what's new, and you'll be the first to lead. 
It's a great week to have a great week, everyone. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the tee next Friday at 3 p.m. on ESPN 920.